welcome to death row. Like we always do about this time. Ha ha ha! I'm gonna your fucking ass! You don't got your playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people! I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody! Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. Well, rich baby. I would like to introduce. Welcome to the MMA for Money Show, episode 41. In this show, we will review I vs. Calvillo and preview USP, uh, UFC on ESPN 11 Blades vs. Volkov. I am Bob Voss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind, here with Mike Copenhaver. You can find him at Don't Cope Just Win on Twitter. Also, follow the show on Twitter at MMA for Money Show. Shares out a bunch of stuff from the show, as well as videos tips you name it bets all of it uh mike how are you doing tonight i did a wonderful man just uh stoked to be here after another ufc win uh, a little sad that we didn't get two bets in but uh, at least we got one of them and it was uh, absolutely fun to watch uh, the combat last weekend and i hope that they have just a, as an exciting of a ufc event this weekend yeah, as Mike said, we'll get into that. That was a little disappointing. But you know what? It's Wednesday, so you know what that means. The MMA for Money show is here. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, just the straight RSS feed. You can also find us on YouTube, both full-length shows as well, smaller tidbits to get your fix. Subscribe and never miss a show. Like, comment, and share to spread the word. Now, we are talking about the I versus Calvillo fight card. Uh... First off, Anthony Ivey was supposed to step in in the Mirshar Tainich fight, but that didn't happen, so they gave him a chance here versus uh, Christian Aguilera. He was a fairly heavy favorite in this one, but you know what? He got himself TKO'd in round one in just under a minute, 59 seconds, and this started off a lightning-fast prelims of nonstop action stoking everyone's fire that don't judge every fight card by who's on it blah 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 blah. but i'm sorry there still was not enough name value just because there's finished it doesn't make it a good card it just makes an exciting <laughs> card because yeah, just tell, 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 or... tell us before time that you got us a scrub card that's gonna have a bunch of finishes then we'll yeah. tune in Exactly. I mean, it's just like the if you go back to the the strike force cards, uh, like at the very top of them, like the top like main event, co-main event, those are competitive. Everything else was a very specific style matchup that would lead to finishes. It's just it's all about matchmaking. Either way, uh, Ivy got himself TKO'd. Um, I don't know, Christina Aguilera looked good, but I don't have much context for him beyond that, so I don't I don't have much. I mean, good finish. So Mike, yeah, thoughts on the finish or move on? Yeah, move on. Yeah, we're going to kind of go a little rapid fire through some of these because, I mean, the prelims themselves were rapid fire. Uh, the next fight got canceled. Jordan Griffin versus Derek Minner did not happen. Then in the next fight after that, Ryan Benoit, who we liked and had a bet on in that fight versus Tyson Nam, that got canceled. And then Nam got fought against uh, Adashev, I think is how I have it written down. Well, you know what, Nam laid that dude out in about 30 seconds or two <laughs> seconds of big ass it was a gift from right oh man he had that counter right the dude fell straight to the ground and then he dove at him like it was almost like he was racing the ref to get one more in and laid like, <laughs> one more as the dude was already stiff it could have been a walk off but apparently nam had a little bit of a little built up uh issue he wanted to let go on that guy's face i'm like how'd you think about that finish and the lightning fast uh second shot Oh man, it was a it was an awesome performance by Tyson. I mean, the the shot that he hit him with sent him literally across the cage, and it, it doesn't happen very often because you don't see mismatches like uh, Tyson Nam in the scrub. I don't know if any of you saw the weigh-ins, but uh, the, it, you if you know anything about athleticism or anything, if you saw the dude that Tyson Nam was fighting up at the at the scales and the weigh-ins and the face-off. You knew right then that you should bet every damn penny you had on Tyson because Tyson was going to smash the dude, and he did exactly just that. It was absolutely epic. Reminded me of some blood sport type uh, fanatics, and I just I love that type of stuff. I, I wish they do mismatches more often. I mean, make it entertaining. You, you talk about entertainment, sacrifice the scrubs. 
Exactly. I mean, make that's one thing I'm a little bit would wish they would do a little bit more boxing style is like feed these guys some looks so they can get some experience, but they have a lot more talent then. It's like more often than not, it's going to be an exciting finish. Like when you got Tyson Nam fighting a guy that looks like a sack of potatoes, I mean, he's, he's going to lay that dude out. And he absolutely did. Um, next on the first round sacrifice hour, Julia Vila was a huge favorite, biggest favorite on the card. Yeah, even bigger than Davis Rally. Biggest favorite on the card. Just laid waste to Gina Mazzani, which we basically said she would. But in 22 seconds, she did. Uh, landing a knee to the body and then follow-up punches. I mean, Avila's looking real good. I mean, obviously, it's not hard to look good against Gina Mazzani. And uh, this just added to the ridiculous finishes that happened on this fight card. Um, like, anything specific on this one or just Mazzani think- being Mazzani? <laughs> but definitely Mazzani being Mazzani. But uh, Avila looked incredible for uh, who she was fighting. Uh, it's it just sucks when you can't get a decent line on a fight like this because she was going to do exactly what she did, and she just destroyed her. So I, I can't wait for her to fight someone more athletic so we could see something more uh, entertaining even. And how I originally have the fights listed, I know it didn't happen in that order because Ray Borg fell out, his son who, if anyone knows the story, has had some serious health issues, had a minor scare, so he dropped out quick. Borg was replaced by Gustavo Lopez. Um, Dev Shirley was huge favorite over. And honestly, in, in the first round, early goings of the first round to the tail end, uh, when Dev Shirley got that takedown, was looking real game, was landing really good uh, calf kicks, and I think was actually on the way to uh, winning the round. He landed more sh- cleaner, harder shots, but then Dev Shirley took over and then took over the remainder of the fight. I actually can't wait to see Gustavo, uh, Gustavo fight more in the UFC because uh, it was beyond impressive to me, especially to look that good on short notice versus uh, Davish Valley. And I guess Davish Valley needs a top 10 fight after this, but uh, utter dominant win from the Georgian. Mike, anything specific on Mareb Davish Valley or Gustavo Lopez? Yeah, I mean, we pretty much know Mareb was, you know, what he did and what he is. He's pretty much, he's an animal, but uh, he's kind of exposed in the sense of his striking to me is is not world class, and that's why uh, Gustavo Lopez was so successful to me. Gustavo Lopez on short notice, uh, with not even having time to prepare for his opponent, showed us pretty decent hands in a game that even uh, Marab was scared of. So that's why he took him down every single time that Gustavo laid uh, hands on him. And either way, it was it was a great performance by Marab in the end. But I, I'm I'm with you. I want to see Gustavo fight someone. Uh, not on short notice and give him some time to train for someone else. Hannah Cypher has got herself submitted for the second time in about four weeks. Um, uh, she lost to Mackenzie Dern not that long ago, and you know what? She lost again. Maria Agapova, uh, the Kazakhstanian fighter, was a huge favorite, got that Renee Kachode early in the first round, and I don't know, at, some, at this point with two quick fairly quick submission losses i believe the, uh, the last one got into the second round hannah cypher is likely going to get her walking papers mike how slick was the submission and good enough that you're excited to see agapova fight better talent in the division or just this was pretty low bar for her you know i um uh, i'm pretty upset with myself i i her number was pretty high in general agapova i think it was negative 300 or more but uh, she, as I studied her, she seemed to be super, super aggressive and long, and she's strong for the, the her for being a, a lady, and she's she's definitely a problem. She could be a, is gonna be a problem. She reminded me of a much bigger uh, Joanna Jacek, but uh, much more vicious because she she really tries to apply the elbows to your face. The submission was uh, impressive in the sense of she didn't even need to pull off the sub. She could have just kept pounding and smashing. But uh, it, it, she's she is really impressive, and she she's it's just showing you those like there's significant gaps in women's MMA that I that's why I like to bet on them is be if you could lay your whole house on this matchup. You if you do some tape study, Agapovov was for sure gonna smash uh, Cyphers. Cyphers is strong and a cute uh, girl and definitely athletic, but she wasn't anything going to be the matchup for this girl Agapovov and she sure showed that next up was a fighter that we actually really liked and contemplated a bet on 
to give out for this one. Jordan Espinoza, uh, at the time of our show, was minus 155. He started to climb more after that, I think, by fight time. He was in the minus 165, 170 range against Mark De La Rosa. Uh, Espinoza gets the decision. Uh, he looked good. One of the reasons we stepped away from it is we were a little bit worried on De La Rosa's uh, BJJ game uh, on the ground if Espinoza got tired. But we did like him, and like we said, he was super close to a bet. We ended up going with Benoit instead, but in hindsight, since the Benoit fight got canceled, I guess that would have been a good thing to go with. But, I mean, hindsight being 2020. but again, Espinoza gets another win. Mike, I know he is one of the guys that you've been championing about since he's been in the UFC and has made us quite a bit of money. Uh, How do you like his performance here? Yeah, I just kind of kicked myself, too, on that one because uh, I've believed in him for so long. But sometimes, you, you know, he just... It's either he shows mental lapses where I can't, I can't trust him fully, but he really does have some great wrestling and some really good striking, and he showed that in this fight that he was just far more uh, superior than De La Rosa in, in every way. Uh, I like the way that he keeps distance and range, and uh, his you know for the lot of all the movement and explosive stuff he does, his cardio you know it could be you could say it's bad, but it's it's uh, he's doing a lot of stuff to in his performance so i it is what it is and i just it's nice to see him get a win because i I believed in him since the beginning next up a fight that going back i cannot remember if i called but i know for for sure you called because we had we picked this fight and charles rosa was a plus 150 so decent size underdog uh versus kevin aguilar minus 170 rosa won the split decision here and uh i was fairly torn on the fight and i think i ended up picking rosa but had no way very confident in it but you were a little bit more championing on the rosa side and the underdog gets the split so did you end up scoring it for him or was this a bad decision um you know it was it was another one i called for sure I, I picked rosa i thought he was the more og had the had had the more experience and had the overall better game and i i thought he won the fight just barely but I mean, Aguilar was coming at him with some mean, mean ass punches, and uh, he did not want any part of those. He got hit a bunch of times, and I could see the fight kind of going either way uh, or going to a draw. Even I really don't think they do enough draws. There's so many fights where it's just not clear enough, and so it automatically it should just be put in the draw category. You know? No, we've absolutely talked about that before with incredibly close rounds. My typing out of the order and the order that actually happened once the Ray Vorg, Marab, Davishvili fight changed, switched a lot of stuff. But you know what? Next up, we're going to talk about Andre Feely and his split decision win over Charles Jordan. Uh, I know for sure, pre-show last week, I had talked to Mike how much I like Feely here. I thought it would be a clear win for him, but there are just certain times where... Feely finds himself in closer decisions than he needs to, so this did not end up being a bet, which honestly, even though he did come out with the win, it was much closer than I would have anticipated it being, because um, Jordan is on the come up, and if these guys would rematch in six months to a year from now, I think it would be a clear win for Jordan. so... If we would have won, it would have been by the skin of our teeth. So that, that ends, and you can only handle so many of those those decisions a night, especially if you got money on it. Your uh, anxiety can only handle so much. So I'm glad we didn't bet on it. Uh, kudos to Feely, but like we've talked about in the past, he's kind of at his ceiling now, and it's a hard stop. And there's going to be substantial guys that are ranked that are ahead of him. So I'm actually this fight made me more excited about Charles Jordan's future than anything. Mike, how how did you score this fight? Did you go Feely? Did you go? Jordan and who did you walk away with more impressed by? Uh, man, this was a, a great fight and ended up being the, uh, there was a lot of damage given out for both guys and Jordan was super impressive. I, I believe he had some really good kicks to the body of Feely that was uh, pretty worrisome and, and anytime I see those from guys and people backing up from him, I really uh, pay attention and uh, I give him uh, points on my mental card as we go through the fight. But, uh, I, you know, Feely, to me, did edge it out. He had just him, you know, outmatched in almost every single way in, in most of the positions they were in. I think they are right, though, if there was a, a, another match, a rematch of the two down the road, that Jordan would be the person that would uh, be able to overcome the rematch and probably win uh, that one with Philly, but I, either way, it was a, it was a, a great fight. The, it, this whole card was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. In terms of entertainment and everything, this fight card 
more than surpassed to where it was supposed to be at. But like we said at the beginning, something exceeding your excitement expectations based off finishes isn't the same thing as name value. Well, a name that everyone's going to have to start looking at, a name that we have been super high on and our only bet on this fight card after uh, Benoit fell out, Marvin Vittori, the Italian dream. I mean, I know he's my Italian dream. He was minus 220 favorite over Carl Robertson plus 180. And I know that is on the heavy side in terms of a favorite, but he looked it here. Uh, it was close in the early goings, but the moment he got a dominant position, he got the finish. He got a first round rear naked choke, the tail end of the round, 417, I believe, was the exact count on that. And he looked great. He didn't let... I mean, he had some serious rage going into this fight with Robertson uh, falling out the last time and then missing weight this time. Vittori is the type of dude, I'm starting to find that out of hearing some of his interviews and what certain journalists say about him. He is a guy that will find a way, like a personal way to hate you. And going forward, fighting people, that, I mean, that's good. He'll find motivation to just about every single person he fights. He's going to be a tough out for just about everyone, and he's getting better. And he's young, and he's getting better. So this cash for one unit, sorry, we only had one bet on the fight card. We had one drop out, and in hindsight, I guess it should, should have been bigger. But, I mean, winning night, 1-0. This was just to win one unit because he was a heavier uh, favorite. Um, typically, once it gets over... Minus 200, we don't go higher than to win a unit other than very certain special circumstances. And this wasn't quite it, but there are other ones that have been. <laughs> and yeah, it was like, close. It, it was definitely close to being one. I okay. mean, the, the whole point of uh, us doing a show is to, to show you guys that you know how, how we love MMA and to show you a different side of a betting perspective or, and also to win money. You know, if, if we lose, like I said, we went on a, a run of like five plus units and then we lost four or five units. And then we our point was to come back this show and to win another unit. And that's what we did. We don't just go and just come back with a blatant five unit slam on uh, whoever it may be, because that's just not smart. We wanted to come back and get a win, and that's exactly what we did with Marvin Vittori. Well, and still he, MMA because of one of those big swings. That may even have been the right side, but like you and I were talking about, and we'll get into it when we get into the next fight card. It's like there are chances where fluke knockout happens or a quick submission happens, and the better fighter doesn't always win, even if your thoughts on the fight are dead on. So it's like to want to get that money back and to go big right away, I think it hurts you more often than not than helps you. Yeah, it's just negligent. And so I, I was so stoked on Marvin Vittori's performance because if you listen to Bob and I's show last week, you know, Bob pointed out firsthand, first off, that his jiu-jitsu game was just not going to be up to par. For, uh, for, uh, Vittori's is going to be way higher than Roberson's, and it was going to be clear. And I backed that fully, and there you saw that in the fight. It was a great, great fight. Uh, no discredit to Roberson. I mean, it's it's just what happens sometimes when you roll up against another monster and uh, you just have no match for uh, his game. And Vittori just seemed to have every single situation that Roberson threw at him already matched, you know. So it's just like chess, you know. He already had that piece uh, solved and he was already on to the next. And it just... Uh, it was just an awesome performance by Marvin. Like you said, I, we wish we max betted after losing Benoit. We would have. Uh, and personally, uh, Bob and I definitely slammed up more ourselves. But it's like I said, this is a show that we want to show you guys how to bet at least uh, somewhat professionally in the sense of uh, all betting is somewhat degenerative. Uh, but it, I don't know if I said that correct. But no, the you're, point you're is, right on par with that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so either way, I, uh, we love what we do and we try to do it to, and get better, not do it and just throw out a bunch of bullshit uh, imaginary units. So, uh, you know, if we want to do that, we could just go throw out 100 units on whoever. Exactly. Like, and I think we're a little bit different in regards to just wanting to get the win back to get you guys back in the positive. Because, like, if we would have broke even or had a winning night, uh, the last event when we got butchered, uh, this would have likely been a max bet because we were both that confident in them. But we just wanted to just exactly get money back in your bank account, not. That's, just go that's too, what sucks, is that not get too emotional and just be like, no, we like him. He's the one we like the most. So that means it has to be the biggest bet. It's the biggest bet. And 
It's all because because Rocco Martin beat Neil Magny, and that was bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least we so, would have had one. Uh, we we, we would have had one. We at least had one, which would have eased that down uh, quite a bit. Shout and out, been, shout and out to Rocco Martin. <laughs> shout out to Rocco Martin for the retweet on the on the hated yeah. video. But yeah, you know, big, it's big just some, sometimes we're a little mad fans over here, bro. You know, don't get mad. Just uh, we we love it to you too. Well, considering uh, mad fans, and me and Mike have a, a thing going right now where, and it might change when certain things happen, but we were kind of on a consistent thing where we're not betting the main event. We're just, for whatever it is, it just it doesn't do well for us. And as odd as that is, like, don't like you, the main event right now. Just gonna yeah, sit so back so and wait. Just gonna sit back and like eventually it'll probably be back in there depending on the matchup. But I mean, we've we've been staying away for the last few events, and I know we don't have one on the upcoming one. But like a this, ninja in the cave sharpening the stone of <laughs> on my sword, waiting for the moment for a main event. Exactly, and this main event was never going to be one of them anyway because <laughs> just I was fighting Cynthia Calvillo, which I mean everybody dumped on this main event, and it wasn't the best fight in general. Um, I have seen worse. So oh, I have. Yeah, obviously, obviously seen worse. There's definitely been worse. There's never been worse, even with bigger name cachet. But I mean, I was talking all kinds of smack about people who miss weight, about saying this shouldn't be a made event, and then she missed weight. She was gonna miss by over three pounds, and then miraculously only missed by point two. It was fishy. It was fishy. fishy. Where like, I mean, I mean, obviously, like. She says she had trouble walking, and by trouble walking, she means her entire hands, palms, and weight had to be pressed against the curtain that they brought out for her when they were going to give her the weigh-ins. And hey, that's that point two pounds. That's probably the mask. That's, she, screamed, that's for sure the mask. she screamed for joy and started crying right when they told her that. If you heard it in her voice, she started crying. And the dude, she stood on the scale this time, and the dude was like, it's good, 116.2. And I was like, wait, she barely – everybody else, you were like, can you please hold steady, please? Can you please hold steady for five? It doesn't seconds? matter. So it was still thirty percent of her purse. Yeah, she, because that's why they were UFC was okay with it. They're like, oh, thirty percent of this bitch's purse. Oh yeah, but, no, we're gonna... <laughs> yeah. well, that's why people don't realize it's a business. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Calvia was pretty much one way track traffic the whole time. Got the unanimous decision. I mean, at no point really looked like she was going to lose that fight. Um, so, so what I'm trying to figure out is like uh, in Hollywood, we have like you know uh, construction coordinators whose job is to figure out how to uh, get a group of guys like myself, carpenters together, to fulfill the blueprint and the idea of for like Netflix is the prom, uh, you know, coming out in 2021 per se. Uh, they will get us together and they have a certain budget, right? What is the budget? that they are shooting for each event that they on the payroll, right? They only want a certain number, right? And I've been trying to figure out is it is it like two is it two fifty? Is it two nine is it like is it four ninety? What's the it's what's not the an number? event thing though. That's they have a if I remember right, obviously it's skewed now because they don't have the live gate, but it's like a quarterly type thing. So cause that's the hilarious part, because we're gonna go to this next event and I think there's probably th- at least three fights that aren't the main event on this next fight card that could have been the main event over this one. Oh, yeah. Um, which sad. is, that's the weird thing. But, I mean, this is one of the few ones that this fight card was... But, I they think only, close, but you know how much they, too, I think. they paid? They paid, out, last weekend, they paid out, but, like, no money to that main event compared to a main event that you and I are talking sure. about. Yeah. So that's what I'm getting at is, as a business, last weekend, they I feel like they fucking cleaned up Money wise, right? Oh, yeah. Because I and Calvillo pay paying for a main event. Oh, none of you bitches are getting a pay per view spot. None of you guys get nothing. You're getting this. Here's thirty grand, ho. Here's sixty grand, ho. Both of you go shut up and go eat grits. And now you know, like, but if that was Alistair Overeem versus Mark Hunt, right, or whoever, those two, that payday is so much bigger, right? Automatically. Yeah, but Overeem, Overeem still has that. He was one of the few, I think, if I remember right, he is the only UFC fighter. 50. No, he's the only UFC fighter that uh, Lorenzo Fertitta signed personally. That's true. So that's different. He had a sweet, yeah. sweet. He does have a good one. So six not figure deal Overeem. when he came so, over for fight. But even even if it was, um, uh, you know, uh, Dustin Poirier versus Eddie Alvarez or Eddie Alvarez versus uh, Gaethje before he got huge, huge. That 
that would have costed still more than Calvillo I in this main event spot or whatever this was. You know, it's it's. I think as a business though, I think they cleaned up last. Oh yeah, this 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 entire fight card in general. Like if I would go up and down, like I'm just glancing on the names here. There, I there is not a person on this entire fight card that I think makes more than fifty and fifty. Dude, this next fight, this next fight card, I'm stoked for. There, I looked at it, and I, after looking at last week's fight and fight card, and then looking at this week, I was I couldn't even I could not not pick a bet. There's I just, if I if the real degenerate in me wants to give out at least six bets this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the hard part with that's the last the- fight, the last fight card. We to struggle for until we looked a little bit closer other than Vittori we, we, we were struggling we were going to go full degen for a little bit but you know what speaking of which you're talking about this great fight card we're going to jump into this next great fight card this Blades versus Volkov fight card which is a fantastic main event that's a great main event and really the only fight I'm down on is the very first fight and it's because there was a dropout uh, in the fight and even then it's, it's what it is uh, Austin Hubbard who's a low-level team elevation guy. And we're saying that because we're starting with a low-level team elevation guy and we're ending the event with a extremely high-level team elevation guy. Uh, he's the underdog versus a guy I have never heard of and I am going to right now struggle through his name. His name is Max Roskopf. And I probably butchered that. I apologize. He's the favorite. I have no idea on this fight. I don't know who this fighter is. And as before, I have always said, I'm never going to BSU and say I have info on a fighter that I do not. So I'm not even going to pick on this one because that's how little I know about this guy. So Mike, do you have a quick pick on this one? Otherwise, we'll move on to a veteran WMMA fight. You know, the only thing that I know about Max Rothkopf is that he has some really, really good uh, American wrestling. And that's that's all I could tell you that has any insight on why he would be the favorite over someone that has more experience than him. In the, and I believe the octagon. But I, I anytime you give me an American wrestler and you give me a close to 150 to, you know, negative 150 to you know, one negative one thirty. I believe that that wrestler is going to take him down all three rounds, whoop his ass for fifteen minutes. So I'll go with Max uh, Roskoff or whatever his name was because the fact that he is a, a wrestler. I'm just gonna call Maxie from now on. Uh, next up, I'm gonna say favorite of the show in terms of WMMA, Roxanne Matafari. She made me look like a real smart person, so I'll, I'll give her more credit than she's probably even due. She is a slight favorite, minus 120, versus Lauren Murphy, plus 100. These are some serious WMMA veterans, if you go back. they like These have been names here for a very long time to the early days of female MMA. I think Lauren Murphy is about what she's always been. I just think she's incredibly well-rounded compared to these new hotshot prospects that have one or two things that they're really good at and are more athletic, but she just has just enough veteran savvy to outdo them. The hard part for her is now she's fighting against Roxanne Matafari, who has all of that and then is actually getting better since going to Syndicate uh, there in Las Vegas. Obviously the way better uh, Vegas gym in terms of most people I talk with. Um, I think Matafari is going to win here. The hard part is is it's a close fight uh, in terms of odds, and it's for sure going to go to decision. I don't think either of them are going to finish it. Uh, Matafari is good on the ground, but she's not have power on the feet, and she's not slick on the ground. She's technical, um, which is going to be tricky against Lauren Murphy, who has loads of experience, so... If I had to say something, I guess not crazy, but maybe uh, better odds for anyone out there that really, really wants a bet on this card, which is, I guess, odd for me if you really, really need a bet on this fight card. But, I mean, Matafari by decision is plus 150. And if she's going to win, that's kind of the way I would go with it. But uh, for sure, picking uh, Roxy here. Mike, are you going with Matafari or going with Murphy? You know, man, on this one, I've been bouncing back and forth. And the problem with this one is I don't like Lauren Murphy. I don't like her at all. She's just one of those people that I just don't freaking like. And I just so I don't know if that is just because I had that same pure hatred for Tony Martin at one point. And so that blinded me when he became Rocco Martin. So then I switched from not I'm like okay you can't be so blind on Rocco Barn being changed. So then I switched to liking Rocco Barn and I get screwed by Rocco Barn. So now I got Lauren Murphy who I absolutely despise 
But then I was like, all right, well, let's just try to be positive. She has done pretty good. She hasn't shown me. She hasn't shown me much failure lately, which is crazy to me. It went mind blowing when I want to bet on her every single match. I, you know, Roxanne should should beat her. Um, she has better grappling to me. But what I worry about is if Roxanne's boxing is not up to par, and that 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 gives me a little bit of trouble because grappling is only good if you're not if you are not getting hit in your face um there's just, there's like a saying that we all give you know punch a black belt once turn them in a purple belt punch a black belt a purple belt twice or two times you turn them in a blue belt either way the point is you keep punching people and they stop remembering what to do not all black belts are badass uh, combatants that are going to be stepping in the octagon they're badass jujitsu artists they're good in the in jujitsu matches um they don't on the daily want to get punched in the face so i i'm worried about roxanne getting punched in the face too many times and then her getting wobbled but i i would say that roxanne is gonna uh, edge a split decision because she's a little bit bigger and uh just just weird <laughs> uh definitely on that now Early on in this fight card, we have our first bet. Frank Camacho is plus 105 versus Matt Frivola, minus 125. Frivola is getting a lot, a lot of love because he was an underdog who beat Luis Pena, who probably should not have been that big of a favorite and was throwing wild stuff and was still thinking he was winning. And Camacho has a ridiculous amount of advantage over Frivola, but you know what? I'm not even gonna tell you the bet on this card because the bet for this fight because Mike is the one who brought this angle to my attention. So Mike, what is our bet and break down Frank Camacho versus Matt Frivola for us? Yeah, I mean, I, it seems like everyone. It's just what have you done for me lately? And lately, uh, Matt Frivola gave you a win versus Luis Pena, and you know, which uh, it's you know, it, it was a it was a great performance. Uh, he did everything he needed to do to uh, Luis Pena, who was not expecting anything but to just steamroll through a guy that the UFC was feeding him. That's what I truly believe was supposed to happen last time, and and it it did not happen. But, I, you know, if you go back and watch that fight, it was a very hairy fight. I would have called it a draw. You could call it a sp- either way. Um, obviously, I feel like uh, the, the big guys, I mean, in the, the, the casinos, they cleaned up on Luis Pena losing is what I feel because he was a big parlay buster, big money, uh, you know, tag that people hit. So... But uh, Frank Camacho is uh, my boy. He's from Guam. I back a lot of dudes from Guam because my brother's from San Diego. And uh, we have a lot of Fokai boys who were the original clothing line from Guam. And uh, they just they bring some hard, hard dudes. Uh, any Polynesian, Islander, uh, anyone Guamanian, any one of you dudes, New Zealanders, we, we always got your back on this show. And Frank Camacho is definitely going to be on this uh, on in our picks for this reason he is a hard hard dude he if you put him and matt frivola in an alleyway like i always like to say he is not gonna have a good day it's gonna seriously be it's it's gonna be it's gonna be murder you don't want to see this thick guamanian dude go up against this uh you know somewhat athletic dorky white dude who's gotten around for a little bit with some athleticism i I really believe that frank camacho has everything uh jujitsu wise for uh matt frivola and is stronger and his hands are way way heavier he's not coming in there like luis pena came in there doubting uh uh matt frivola he's coming in there to smash Matt Frivola. He's coming in there to hurt him. Luis Pena thought he was going to do that and just and didn't put any uh, respect in Matt Frivola. Well, Camacho is, is a different dude. He's not in a di- that mental state that Luis Pena was, and he's going to come in there and, I believe, just murk uh, Matt Frivola and leave him there unconscious. So that's why we're going to be putting the one-unit bet down on him at plus, I believe, 105, and that will be our first bet to start the, the day. And one thing that I'm starting to love, and obviously we didn't do it in the last one because it's much later in the fight, and we've talked about this before, is getting you guys those wins early on in the fight card because then you can just sit back and enjoy the rest of the fight card after getting these wins. But I'm with Gosh, Mike on there. Oh, it feels so when, good. When you get it? the first win, dude, it's just like, oh, yeah. oh dude, the second one, I didn't care almost because right. the first one covered it. Well, especially like if you're going to go on this card because we're actually 
to give you a hint, okay, we have three bets on this fight card. You get those first two. I mean, it is, there's nothing's going down. You just automatically are just riding oh, high the rest of the fight card. Plus money the whole day. Oh, oh yeah. No. We gave them, we gave our fans that plenty, uh, plenty of times, and it'll be back just like last week. Well, speaking of, our very next fight in this fight card is Courtney Casey. She's plus 100 versus Jillian Roberts, who is minus 120. And yes, we said we're going to have a bet on this fight card. And you know what? It's Courtney Casey. Um, she's bigger. She is stronger. I think she will stop any head and arm or possible attempt at a takedown from Jillian Roberts and out muscler against the cage. Because one thing everyone keeps talking about is at the, uh, the apex, they're in these smaller cages. And that's going to make everything more action-packed. And now everyone's going to think that, especially after the last fight card where there was a lot of finishes. Well, the other thing it does is it gets you to the fence faster. I see... Casey pushing Roberts against the fence for the majority of the fight dirty boxing just straight up controlling her and we have another bet on this that is one unit on Courtney Casey at plus 100 to win one unit Mike tell me why and how Courtney Casey's gonna make Robertson just look silly yeah man Courtney Casey has been uh, doing this uh, a lot longer than uh, this other chick and I just I really believe that her jiu-jitsu game is is so underrated uh, in the women's division that because she doesn't really get a chance to showcase it but uh, Rob Robertson uh, that's what she thinks she's good at and that's that's gonna be a bad day versus someone longer like I, I tell you I've told you I've said it many times someone with a longer frame that you think you're a good jujitsu and they're good at jujitsu. The longer frame person is usually better. It's it sucks, and if it's not the longer person, it's someone with a better wrestling base. After that, the and the scrambles. So I really believe that Courtney Casey has everything to offer, uh, striking wise too, for Roberson. And I think that she's just gonna she's gonna be able to just punish her in her face with her boxing. She's she's crisping it up a lot. Uh, in the last few years she's throwing a lot of straight combinations together and I really believe that she has the chance to back uh, Robertson even up against the fence and throw a couple of combinations uh, to her face and then go in for a takedown and do what she wants to her on the ground uh, but it's women's MMA so I just go with a, uh, a decision when most likely will happen from our uh, our girl Courtney Casey but I, I believe it, it will come pretty dominantly and it'll be a, a something that will I just can't wait for it. So we're going to be putting down the, what was the odds on that, Bob? Plus 100 for Courtney Casey. So at even money right now, we'll put down another unit down on uh, Courtney Casey to win that money versus uh, inexperienced Robertson. Next, we have a battle of guys to keep their UFC job. Mark andre Baralt is plus 105 versus Oscar Pachota, minus 125. They are both on three-fight losing skids. This is an odd fight. But you know what? I am going with the underdog in terms of a pick. There is by no means a bet on this. We are not doing three in a row bets on this undercard with this fight being one of the next ones. It felt like we were about to roll. I know. It, it felt, felt like, like we were about like to roll. But nah, that, that confidence that I came in there with. I absolutely. Know. It, but, it, we felt good. Yeah, we felt good. But, um, I mean, these guys are both uh, not doing so hot uh, in the UFC. We will put it that way. But at least Mark andre Baralt, I mean, he's 11-4. and four. I mean, three of those losses are from the UFC. His nickname's Power Bar, which is a little ridiculous. But he's actually made it to Decision in all of his losses, which sounds kind of odd, but I mean, they're against relatively deep or good competition. Uh, it was against uh, Andrew Sanchez. He has a split decision loss for Christoph Jocko, uh, Jun Young Park, which we've learned is actually a fairly good uh, fighter there at middleweight, uh, whereas Oscar Pachota has found himself finished in every single UFC loss. I mean, he does have a few wins in there, but they were against... I mean, guys that aren't in the UFC anymore. Um, he's he's been choked. He's been knocked out, and I'm surprised he's still in the UFC, given how dominantly he's getting beaten. So you know what? I'm gonna go with Mark Andre Baralt. By no means a bet, because one of these guys is leaving for sure. Mike, do you have a pick for Baralt versus Pachota? Oh yeah, man. Uh, Mark Andre Baralt is is a is a savage compared to. P Picolta, Picolta, Patolta, or whatever you want to call it, Pinocchio. If you'd like, we're going to go to a reference of dropping the dudes in an alley and or having a dude but to have your back. If you were like, hey, Mark, do you want Mark or you want Picolta or whatever his name is? 
I, I've got to, I'm picking Mark, and Mark's going to come in there and he's going to lay hands on this dude. Um, Oscar Picolta, however you say it, has, has gotten nothing but damage, and he's going to continue getting that in this fight. I, I believe that Mark Andre is going to come in there and just literally lay the hammer on his ass. And I, I, I'd probably pick uh, a TKO KO prop of him winning. I think it's going to come pretty easily. Next up, we have a fading WMA star, Tisha Torres, plus 165 versus Brianna Van Buren, minus 190. Uh, people are fairly high on Brianna Van Buren, uh, not necessarily christening her the next in the division or anything like that, but in terms of where she's at and where Torres is at, obviously much higher on Van Buren. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm confused on Van Buren. I mean, I, I did I did some research, and I I. I st- I still don't see what she's done. Well, it, I think it's more the fact that, I mean, although to decent names, Tisha Torres is on a four-fight losing skid. So I think it's to a point where everyone just thinks that she's utterly done and is just, like, on a free fall for, for losing. Uh, I was impressed by the Livia Renato Souza fight because um, I thought Souza was going to win that one. Yeah, that but, was the only one. Yeah, that was the only one. I mean, Kaylin Curran, I mean, you need to be able to beat Kaylin Curran. It's just a thing. Exactly. <laughs> I can't. That's, that's pretty sad. Um, I, I don't get it either. I don't know why she's as big of a favorite as she is. I mean, she's there's a good chance that she could win, just like she's she's younger. She's getting better. Uh, she's, I believe, I think she has, I'm pretty sure, let me double check. I'm pretty sure she has the reach advantage as well. I mean, they're both compact. They're both borderline. Yeah, no, I was more just being a smart ass. I was more just being a smart ass. I just think that uh, Tisha Torres has way too much experience to be doubting her uh, yet. I, I, she hasn't shown me enough quit to be like that. Some some girl who beat Kayla Curran has shown me enough yet. So I just it's just it's weird to me to see that. Oh yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's like I mean, she's on a four fight losing skid, which that's saying something. But I mean, it's to Jessica Andrade, yeah, Joanna Junjajic. Wally Zhang, Marina Rodriguez, like arguably four no of the top like seven in the division. Whereas like we, we talked about with Brianna Van Buren, it's like she doesn't have the name value behind her wins per se. Like I'm not even sure if she's beat anyone top ten. I'm not as I just, not as I'm, good as the top ten. What, in, I, what uh, I'm hinting at is I think that Torres is a decision prop would be a great sprinkle, whatever that is for someone. Here, because I, get that I, for I can you. see that. I could see this uh, Tisha Torres's de- determination on the ground being more than Van Buren's. There's, there's just no way that Van Buren's striking is better than Tisha Torres after all these years. And if it is, I mean, I have, I'm gonna eat my words, but we'll see. But I just, I don't see it. Plus two ten for Torres by decision. So you're getting uh, like fifty cents on that. Uh, that's not enough. Yeah, it'd be nice if I, that was bigger. Money line is better than. No, I get you. Uh, next up, actually, we're going to have a lot of like throwback lightweight, at least fighters. Uh, Clay Guida is a big underdog, plus 215, versus Bobby Green, plus minus 250. Sorry, excuse me, 255. I'm a little surprised at the steepness here, just because Bobby Green likes to make fights close uh, in terms of striking and actually take down defense. I would say Bobby Green is the better fighter, but he has just had so much personal life issues that um, I, don't, I don't know where his head's at and I mean you never know where Kligui's head's at Kligui's head's at so I would probably just sit back and enjoy watching this fight unsure where Guida's at this is his first fight after getting first round submitted by Jim Miller quite a while ago and I'm trying to on the off offhand like it's been quite a while for uh, Green as well let me try to get um, I, I just looked this up how long ago was that his last fight was in November, was uh, the loss to Trinaldo, and before that, a loss to Close the year before that. And yeah, he's fighting super infrequently, so I don't know, I guess Guida, but I got nothing specific on that. Mike, how are you feeling about this fight? Yeah, I think this is one of the ones that we just sit back and enjoy because it, it doesn't, it, it seems weird, you know? I, I don't know what who could win and who wants to be there more uh, Clay Guida is always going to come in there and give us a hard X amount of minutes I do know that and and so it, it's going to be weird I, I would say that uh, you know just sit back and enjoy this I don't even know if I could I can't even pick one of them 
yeah, it's just it's just an odd fight. So I would I would suggest not betting on it in any regard. Um, just with either, where each guy's at. Uh, next up, they think that they are feeding Jim Miller to Roosevelt uh, Roberts, but I'm not 100% too sure on that. Uh, Roberts is a minus 225 favorite over Jim Miller, plus 185. Uh we all were all about Roberts because he choked out Brock Weaver a few weeks ago, and we were all pretty pumped on that one. Um, but Jim Miller is is a little bit different than uh, Brock Weaver. I know that he is quite a bit long in the tooth. He is, like, closing in on 50 fights, and he has a decision loss in his last fight to Scott Holtzman. But, I mean, apparently he's figured out his line disease, which was his issue for a while um, and has been bouncing back a little bit and around that time is when he got a win over uh, I think it was Jason Gonzalez and for sure Clay Guida before that loss to Holtzman so this is definitely the biggest step up for Roberts Um, I would like to think that Miller has at least one more in him so uh, I have no bet on this fight I wouldn't bet on this fight uh, just given the disparity of the jump uh, and the experience but I'm going to pick Miller and just I don't know. Always been a big fan, and I think he actually has the skills that he can pull it off. Mike, where are you at for Roosevelt Roberts versus Jim Miller? Yeah, I mean, I love Jim Miller as a person and as a fan, but uh, I I think this is one of those situations where they're uh, actually uh, feeding the younger, talented, more talented fighter someone, and I think that Miller's going to uh, just be that guy. that's going to be fed to him this time, and it's going to be unfortunate. I think Roosevelt Roberts is just too long. Uh, has too diverse now. This is a whole new breed of fighter that, that he's going to face. Uh, you know, there's, he's super athletic, uh, Roosevelt Roberts. He's also a brown belt jiu-jitsu, and Miller's a black, so it's not going to be too far off on, on game there. Uh, Roosevelt Roberts is longer, and so I, I just, I, I believe, I see why they lined Roosevelt Roberts as the favorite, so I, I think that he'll get it done, but uh, as, a, as a fan, a lifelong fan, I, I hope that Miller could have one more. Next up is, yes, our next bet on this card. We do have three on this fight card. Lyman Good is a plus 100 underdog versus below Muhammad, minus 120. Muhammad is the bet. Lyman Good, this is his first fight back after contracting coronavirus. He actually missed an earlier fight he was supposed to have uh, just around the time when everything broke because of the quarantine and and everything like that. The post-effects of having coronavirus dramatically affects your lung and breathing capacity. He already didn't have the best gas tank. It wasn't terrible, but it was by no means Muhammad level back then. And now, I don't think it's even remotely close. Obviously, good has a little bit of power, so that gives you a little bit of hesitancy. But below Muhammad has a gas tank on him. He's willing to throw the takedowns in when he can get him. He is a volume guy, which I love in this spot for sure. He knows how to use the cage. And the bet is for below Muhammad. He is minus 120, so it's 1.2 units to win. One unit, our third bet on the card. I just love Muhammad uh, in this spot. I think good. Uh, I think on his best day, would barely be able to beat, if not always lose to below Muhammad. And I think he's still compromised at this point. And if anyone's doing well, we all know it's below Muhammad. So Mike, uh, any further breakdown on this, our third bet of this fight card? Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a great fight. Bilal Muhammad is a, a super determined and uh, well-trained fighter. He's he's mentally sound. Uh, he's one of the only guys who fights through Ramadan and on less nutrients than most people because he can't, uh, I believe, can't consume certain things. Uh, and so I, I just, I really like him just as a person in general and, and, and as a fighter. I think that he has a way better gas tank. He's, he's definitely going to give me the three rounds in there. And at, at such close uh, lines as almost even money being negative 120, uh, I, I just, I really like that uh, the number on that. I believe Bilal Muhammad will give us all three rounds and end up winning us a, a decision, if not uh, finishing uh, Ly Goodman after he gasses. So we're putting down the 1.2 units, I believe it is, right, Bob? Yep. Next up, we have Tisha Torres's Lady. Kel Pennington is minus 150 favorite over recently 40 turned Marion Renault, who's plus 130, the gym teacher, 
who honestly probably has a little bit more time to train right now because obviously schools are out. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe she actually had a full-time training camp for the first time in a long time. Uh, Raquel Pennington is not quite at the same free free fall as uh, Tisha Torres, but she has definitely seen better days um, in terms of competition, all starting with her fail-titled bid. Uh, then she had a loss to me, Deuteronomy. She did get a split win over Irene Aldana, who we've been fairly high on, and then a loss to Holly Holm. But uh, Marion Renault is that caliber of athlete that she should beat. She's still better than that. Her boxing is still... like I. No, no offense to Marion Renault. I, I was high on her for a little bit. Um, she is good on the ground, but I mean, Betch Correa was beating her in the striking, and Raquel Pennington's boxing is substantially better than that. Um, so as long as she still has a willingness to fight, I think Raquel Pennington is going to win this here. But at minus 150, and the fact that it is still likely to go to decision and be a relatively close fight, I mean, if Renault gets some key takedowns this could be a lot iffier of a fight but uh, the pick for me is Pennington Mike where are you at for this last female fight of the fight card oh man I, but Mary Renault is a person she's a teacher a mom she's a great person I, I tried to like her <laughs> as a fighter numerous times and, uh, and she just for a black belt she has the worst fucking takedowns you could ever see. The worst takedown entries. She has no wrestling. It is so it it basically makes her jujitsu non-existent because she cannot get a efficient takedown. She doesn't know how to single leg turn a dump. She doesn't know how to double leg turn a dump. She doesn't know how to double leg dump. She doesn't know how to do anything when it comes to wrestling. So it's absolutely. It's going to be a real bad day. Uh, I, I don't think that uh, Raquel has had such a less, a least caliber fighter, a less caliber fighter as uh, Mary Renault in a while. I think that she is can easily keep the fight up standing and then box Mary Renault's face off because Mary Renault is, uh, is not, she doesn't have the striking to, for me to, uh, to fall back on. Like I said, her wrestling, her jiu-jitsu is her number one thing. She can't even get there because her wrestling is so garbage. So it, it to me, it, it, in a matchup like that, it, Raquel Pennington all day should be able to win this fight, and it should be pretty clear. Next up in the co-main event, yes, we're already there, Josh Emmett, the alpha male elder statesman, which is kind of odd to say because obviously he's newer within the UFC, but he's already 35, so he's, he's already getting up there for uh, a featherweight, which is saying something. He's he like 90. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm fighting. Yeah, he, like, he, got the UFC, he got in the UFC real late. Like I'm, I'm, I'm 34. I'm 34, so I'm just laughing. <laughs> well, as a fighter, man, like like he and he looks like he should be 40. Like he's got that he's got that face of like a grizzled. I know we were talking Mary no, but like a grizzled gym teacher that's gonna make he's you a climb bald looking white turtle. <laughs> that's what he looks like. A bald tur- uh, looking white turtle. Uh, sorry, I'm laughing because he's it's true. And there was there's another guy I wanted to bring up from. Uh, I thought it was for he has the same body type as Marib Davishvili, where like three quarters of their body weight is just their torso. It's it's pretty, it's a very particular uh, Ricky Simone body type. <laughs> He's like that. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh Emmett has some serious power on him. Uh, he was on a surge for a bit before he had that orbital bone break um, by Jeremy Stevens. And I mean, it, it was rough. Uh, I mean, he's bounced back with two wins since then uh, against Michael Johnson and Mirsad Bektik. So I mean, kudos on that. Uh, in general, his caliber of competition uh, has been higher than Shane Burgos. Shane Burgos, I mean, I guess Shane Burgos' biggest name that he's beat is Cub Swanson, but it's a faded Cub Swanson. Um, he has a loss to Calvin Cater. It's his, it's the only uh, career loss. And I mean, he's looked good. I mean, I know, I'm trying to throw Shane Burgos down too much because I do really like Shane Burgos. Um, and in terms of all-around skill, I think he has more. But the harder thing is just Emmett just finds a place for that power. Um, and Burgos has been knocked out before. I mean, a lot of people have been knocked out before, but I don't know. I, I just think that at some point Emmett's going to land, and I don't know if Burgos is going to be able to handle it. Um, in terms of a fighter, Burgos is the better fighter, but we've talked about it before on this fight, uh, on this uh, podcast today, that the best fighter doesn't always win. And I think this might be one of those times where Emmett does land 
and the underdog pulls it off. So I guess I'm going to go with Emmett. Actually, I wasn't even sure going into this breakdown which one I was going to go with. I've been going back and forth on this one quite a bit. It's the reason it's not a bet, but uh, I think I'm picking Emmett, uh, our little uh, white ninja turtle. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, where are you for this co-main event? Oh, I'm, I'm going to Team MTNT. Ninja Turtles for life, dude. T-U-R-T-L power. Seriously, I think that Josh Emmett has... He's got just he just had some bad circumstances happen, you know. Uh the Jeremy Stevens loss was I, I don't even think it was late after the bell or there was some controversy with that that he you know, when he got his orbital socket broken. I mean he he's given us some amazing performances and, and he's laid out some dudes with some heavy, heavy hands. Burgos has uh, shown that he has does not like those heavy hands. But the one thing that Burgos does have that I do like is his boxing. He does have uh, some better just straight boxing, but this is mixed martial arts. And uh, he doesn't have kicks. And the kicks are what Emmett does have too. And that that should pay dividends in this. So I think I'm going to go for sure with you on the uh, white MTNT and go uh, Emmett Power. Going over this, this is going to be... Um, I don't know if there's going to be as quick a finishes, but I, I would think that there's probably be just as many finishes on this entire fight card as the last one. Just the way that everything matches up, this is going to be a real exciting fight card. Uh, in the main event, we have my Windy City champ, my uh, local hero here, uh, Curtis Blades. He is a ridiculous minus 390 favorite. I wish I would have gotten him. I didn't bet, him, bet this at all. Minus 390 is a bit ridiculous. But when we did the show last week, I glanced at it, and he was minus 200. I was like, ooh, I'm going to have to remember that. Well, apparently, I snoozed and I lost. Lost. Uh, the rhyme doesn't quite work there. Um, but now he's minus 390 for Alexander uh, Volkov, who's plus 320. Volkov's coming off the wind versus uh, everybody's favorite former NFL pro bowler. <laughs> and before that, I think before that was the Lewis fight, if I recall, when he was winning the entire fight in the last 15 seconds, got himself waylaid by Lewis, who has that sneaky power late. Blades is in his perpetual circle of I can beat everyone but Ngannou, which is frustrating, uh, especially in their very first fight. In their very first fight, I think he was going to clearly win that one, but the doctor stopped it, and the next time around, Ngannou stopped it. <laughs> uh, I think... Like we've talked about before, or at least I've said about this smaller cage, I think it's going to make it that much easier for Curtis Blades to push as uh, Alexander Volkov against the cage and weigh on him and some dirty, dirty boxing and get him down and tire him out. And I actually do see Blades getting a finish here. Um, I do think, do not think it's going to go till much later in the fight. Um, him inside the distance is minus one ninety five. Man, that's still. Super. Uh, I'm, I might wait for the round props and might throw some darts at like round four, round five, because uh, that's when I think Blades might get a TKO. Uh, other than that, I have no bet on this one, but I do think that uh, Razor Blades is going to pull this one off and then find himself in just as difficult a situation in regards to the title. Mike, where are you at for the main event here? Blades versus Volkov. Oh man, I, I wish I, I could have seen Volkov fight a wrestler before we got to this Blades matchup first. If you go back to his prior fights, there's there's really nobody on the list that he's fought that could give me any. I I, I can't. There's nothing in his past history that shows me he's fought in a wrestler or could take and handle the takedowns. And so because of that, that that it it makes it harder for me to be able to bet this. If he did and can take has a great takedown defense then I would go with Volkov all day because his striking is 100 times better in kicking and striking-wise. Power-wise, it will go to Blades uh, single punch-wise. But um, I, I I just don't... I don't think that long, lanky dude uh, can, can defend a single leg or a double leg long enough. And so I, I'd, I'd have to go... I, I'd, I'd have to go with Blades. To, he's going to be able to win this fight. Closest I got for you with wrestlers he's fought in the past. We're both in Bellator. What in wrestlers is if you obviously we're not in video currently, but I'm doing parentheses with my fingers because <laughs> this is uh, the first loss was to 
uh, wrestling chick Shaq Congo, who just the pin up against the <laughs> cage and the grab of the shorts and hold against for a decision. <laughs> that's a bad, bad yeah. wrestling reference. That was, well, I'm, <laughs> I know in Bellator, that's pretty much Chick Congo is done. And then uh, against uh, Timothy Johnson, he had a split decision win, but it was close. And then, I mean, Timothy Johnson, he's big and he's a wrestler, but he's like. One one hundredth the athlete blades. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the best comparison I can give you. I get for a uh, wrestler. So that's why it's a hard one to pick here, because uh, Volkov has not been tested by a real wrestler to me, and so we're gonna find out this weekend if he can defend a single or a double leg. And I hope that uh, Curtis Blades can get him down to the ground and, and successfully do that. But if he can't. You better have that TKOKO uh, prop on uh, Volkov because I think that he he'd be able to handle him because if if he breaks blades mentally in the first two rounds by stuffing him, he's in trouble. But I don't see him. I don't see that happening. You know that's why the money line is where it is. Oh, absolutely, and I'm just jealous I didn't catch it at that uh, two to one that I saw last week. But I was just too focused on getting you guys to win last week to go too much in the future. And I guess I, I guess I missed out on that. Um, to review our bets for this cards for those who don't have to scramble back and try to rewrite things down or anything like that right away, we have a one unit to win, one point oh five on Frank Camacho. We have one unit to win one unit on Courtney Casey. And we have 1.2 units to win one unit on Bilal Muhammad. Now, we will be back next week. UFC on ESPN 12, Poirier vs. Hooker, is going on on June 27th, which is an utterly ridiculous fight and a good fight card. But in terms of a fight, that's that's just phenomenal. And I'm, that one's going to be hard for me not to have a bet on the main event but i'm not sure i'm gonna be willing to commit to that one yet but i don't know i guess that one's might not be worth it but uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, overcast pocket Casts, just the rss feed that we have links to remember to subscribe uh, to us on youtube for both full-length shows as well as smaller tidbits of this show like comment and share to spread the word and with that let's, let's roll, roll.